0: Crude oil is crude. Natural gas is pure. That's why Pennzoil's base oil is made from natural gas, not crude. It gives you unbeatable engine protection. The proof is in the Pennzoil. Based on sequence 4A wear test using SAE 5W30. Don't forget, you can vote by mail. For more information, visit Iamavoter.com. Hey, DSP, wearing that uh, Kobe Bryant shirt. I'm curious... I know he's had such a huge influence
1: <laughs> on you, right <throughout> <laughs> here. Sorry, oh my dog is going crazy right now. Wow, awesome. those as well. All I heard was rough, <laughs> rough. Um.
2: Anthony Davis, unable to respond <laughs> to a question last night because that dog was just so cute. We've discovered the dog's name is Kai Kai. Perk, does Kai Kai get a pass for the interruption?
1: Yeah, he get a pass, Rachel. He get a pass, all he was doing was trying to show AD that he loved AD. He wanted to voice his opinion also. He probably had a question to ask. He get a good pass for that. Dogs can't interrupt. Dogs can't interrupt. They just talk.
3: They're just dogs. The dog not only gets a pass, I want more of the dog. More dog. (laughs)
0: <laughs>
2: we may have a dog joining this show at some point later in the hour everyone's just gonna have to wait and see welcome to the jump i'm rachel nichols live from the nba bubble in orlando today i am joined not by a canine quite yet instead i got two great guests 2008 nba champ kendrick <laughs> perkins and our senior writer host of the low post podcast mr zach Lowe. thank you gentlemen coming up we're going to talk about who you got in game seven tonight between the Celtics and Raptors. There's a game seven. Perks choice might surprise you, so stay tuned for that. We got jump ball coming up later in the show. But first. No team is more built on advanced statistics than the Houston Rockets. This is an organization where everything from who they draft to how they shoot is based on maximizing percentages. Honestly, if there was an available breakdown of which flavor of Gatorade promoted a disposition to scoring, the Rockets would be employing it. Lime cucumber, by the way, just saying. Anyway, I personally am a believer in analytics because, well, I believe that having more information is a good thing. But I also believe that advanced stats should never be the only thing used to make decisions because there are limits to how much they can track. That even the quote hustle stats can't totally account for how hard a player is capable of working or how resilient he will be even when exhausted. All of which is a bit ironic since the micro ball style the Rockets play these days is literally based on hard work. To overcome being the smallest guys on the floor, you have to also be the most relentless, the most willing to do the dirty little jobs that take place in between the microseconds between plays, the most energetic. And you have to do all of that stuff absolutely all of the time, which sure did not happen for Houston against LA last night. The Rockets were so lifeless in a game they definitely had to win that in the first three quarters, Houston did not have a single second chance or fast break point. The Rockets got a little more going in the fourth, but that was only after the Lakers had gone up by double digits and clearly eased off the gas. And it should be noted that LA also decided to go small in this game, starting Markeef Morris for JaVale McGee. And yet for parts of the night that the ones that actually affected the outcome, the Lakers did what the Rockets did not. They worked their butts off. They finished with 26 more rebounds than Houston. They outscored the Rockets 62 to 24 in the paint. Afterward, ESPN's Tim McMahon asked James Harden the question that I'm sure a lot of Rockets fans have been yelling at their TVs all night.
0: James, in a game with so much at stake, why did you guys seem so flat through three quarters? It's a good question.
2: Okay then. Tim asked the same question to Mike D'Antoni, who said it was, quote, just a lack of spirit. D'Antoni said, it just seems like we got down and lost our way a bit. Now, D'Antoni also noted that all is not lost for the Rockets just because they're now down 3-1 in this series. That just last week, we saw Denver battle back from 3-1 to beat Utah. And certainly no team with James Harden, Russell Westbrook, and P.J. Tucker is ever completely out of it. Harden went 2 for 11 last night, but anyone who questions his overall skill level or work ethic is simply a fool. It is impossible to make it in the NBA, much less become an MVP, without having worked insanely hard. Still, there is a difference between work ethic and having that thing that tells opponents, you will have to kill and bury me to stop me, and even then, I wouldn't advise leaving my grave unguarded either. Kyle Lowry, as we just saw the other night, he has developed that thing. Dame Lillard has always had it. And there's not really an advanced stat that can predict it it or tell you how to foster it. You only know when you don't have it. And last night, the Rockets certainly did not. So, Perk, after what you saw last night, do you think the Rockets are done in this series?
1: Rachel, much respect to James Harden and Russell Westbrook, both of those guys are future Hall of Famers, but they are dead bird tall grass. The Houston Rockets don't stand a chance on coming back in this series, and here's why. It's not their fault, it's the system. Right before the great Kobe Bryant died, he did an interview and he talked about the Rockets style of play. And he said that this style will not win you an NBA championship. And I was like, "Come on, Kobe, give them a chance. They got Russ and James." But now I see where he's coming from. They're passing up mid-range shots, wide-open mid-range jumpers. Rachel, it hasn't been a championship team ever in the history of basketball that have that haven't that have won the championship without taking mid-range jumpers. So a lot of this has to blame on the system. And one thing about it, since game one, the Lakers have made adjustments. They adjusted to the Rockets. Like you you said, they went small and put Morris in there and moving AD to the five. The Rockets, they have not made one single adjustment on the defensive end or on the offensive end, and it it goes to show, and this is why the Lakers are going to finish this series out, I believe, tomorrow, And, and this is why they have been so dominant.
3: Well, what's interesting, Rachel, about your monologue is I think analytics would not support the one big decision that they made in the last offseason, which was trading a whole lot of stuff to exchange Chris Paul for Russell Westbrook. That's not really an analytics-supported decision. But as far as this series goes, it certainly looks dunzo. Houston's defense for three and a half quarters last night was awful. They were listless. They were flat, like Tim McMahon said. They turned Danny, They made Dandy Green look like Moses Malone on the offensive glass for a stretch in the third quarter. <laughs> it just wasn't there for the Rockets. And when you see a team play like that, when they're not even facing elimination, it certainly gives off the vibe of a 1-2-3 Cancun game tomorrow night. But we'll, like you said, they have superstars. We'll see. It, it just, the vibe of this series is it wraps, it wraps
1: tomorrow
2: i never know quite what to believe system wise because i hear what perk is saying there but i also hear mike d'antoni say over and over again we give james complete freedom he can shoot from wherever he wants zach do you agree with perk that there's a system flaw here or what do you think sort of the breakdown is
3: i do think there is something to it particularly if you look at james harden's record of shooting and scoring in big games his big game performances has not been up to the level you would expect for him and i think part of the reason why is Late in close games, and look, last night wasn't a close game. Every defense knows he's either shooting a step back three or he's driving. And so they load up on both of those options. And the few times when he's actually shot floaters or shot mid-rangers, he looks pretty good, but he doesn't want that shot. And so the very best defenses in the NBA with the very best wing defenders in the NBA, if they know what's coming, they can make it really, really difficult for you. And that even includes someone as good as James Harden. So I do think Perk is onto something uh, when he says that.
1: Yeah, well, the well, Rockets I, did make a run. Go ahead, Burke. Well, well, Rachel and Zach, you know I, I played with James in Oklahoma City when he was our sixth man of the year, and James has ways that he could score that D'Antoni don't utilize. He's a great slasher. Him and Nick Collison used to run the probably the, one of the most unstoppable dribble handoffs where James used to get at least... 10 to 12 points on just backdoor cuts alone. And when we're watching this game, what the Lakers are doing, they're trapping him as soon as he crossed half court and getting the ball out of his hands. And it's on Tony to put James in position to be successful. That's when structure, that's when the game plan got to change and you have to move him off the ball and maybe have P.J. Tucker running pin downs for them on the weak side where they can't trap them because right now their offense is very predictable get the ball out of James Harden, uh, hands and make sure we get on our hard horse and cover out to the three point shooters Perk Perk, he doesn't and- do anything off the ball he just stands there
3: by the sideline and by half court when he doesn't have the ball he just doesn't do anything I think that's one of the problems
1: well Zach no one does everyone just stand around it's, I mean you stand around the three point line and play drive and kick that's the problem
2: You mean on that team, yeah. No, I understand, Perk, for sure. And the Rockets did make a little bit of a run in the fourth. Game was, of course, essentially sealed by the Lakers, though. And you had this three-pointer from Alex Caruso, 35 seconds remaining. That three came off a LeBron assist. So I want to listen to LeBron and Alex talking about that shot after the game. It was a lot of fun. Take a listen.
1: It's a guy that we know that we can count on. Um, Doesn't make many mistakes out on the floor and just plays winning basketball. That's just who he is. So um, You know to have him in the crunch time um, I didn't think second I didn't have one second guess if I was gonna hit him in that corner when I seen uh, that he had a little bit of space I've been practicing that shot that corner three from
3: Braun um, All year just knowing that he makes the right decision at the end of the game and there was a packed paint and I'm wide open in the corner Um, It's just about me you know, having the cojones to to step in and and take the shot and not be afraid to miss.
2: Zach, where is your belief level on the Lakers supporting cast right now?
3: Hey, look, Rachel, all those a million years ago at Lakers Media Day, you and I sat on the set with Alex Caruso and we said people are going to have to start realizing this dude isn't a meme. He isn't just a funny story. He's a good NBA player and he is a good NBA player. And I'll say this. I do trust them more than I did before. A, because a lot of them are playing better. Kuzma's defense in the bubble has been a revelation. Number two going smaller with AD at the five, the floor is open for everybody. And when the floor is open, all your decisions get easier. All your passing lanes get clear and easier to see. And that's big for role players. And I actually think the Rockets maybe did the Lakers a favor by forcing them to make that adjustment before presumably the Clippers are looming because the Lakers have realized maybe we are actually a little better playing this way. Now, I think Frank Vogel will give his centers a chance to play against the Clippers, but now they know this is a really powerful look for us, even more than we knew before. And I think the Clippers are like, man, we kind of wish they had just rolled over the Rockets and never made this adjustment in the first place.
1: Mm. Well, I feel like LeBron was absolutely on point. Alice Caruso, in my opinion, is the heart and soul of the Los Angeles Lakers. When you watch his Perf. the way that he plays, yes, when you watch the way that he plays the game, Rachel. He makes winning plays. Every single night, he's diving on the floor for loose balls. He's making a conscious effort on the defensive end. I watched him when he was playing against the Portland Trail Blazers. Although he could not stop Damian Lillard, and C.J. McCullough, he did a great job of containing them. He is not afraid of failure. He's relentless. He's fearless. He takes charges. Every single night, he's on the ground, and guys are going to help him up, wondering if he's okay. You're like, oh, he took a huge blow. He puts his body on the line every single night. LeBron loves him. Anthony Davis loves him. Frank Vogel loves him. The whole Los Angeles Lakers team loves what he brings and the tenacity that he brings off that bench.
2: Absolutely. Now, I am personally going to still go with LeBron James and Anthony Davis as the heart and soul of the Lakers, but I'm with you. He's an X factor. And of course, Kyle Kuzma, too. Zach, I love what you said about his defense. There's no question that Kyle Kuzma is a different player in this restart than he was even throughout the regular season. And the bottom line is he was injured at the start of the season, and he had to hit the ground running, still dealing with the after effects of that injury, trying to figure out on the fly how to fit in with LeBron and AD. He told me he did a bunch of different kinds of workouts over the shutdown, really just solely focusing on his leg strength. And you can see that both in his way he's running, the things that he's doing, the way he's able to dig in there and defend, and I think it's making a huge difference when you look at the supporting cast, what these guys have been able to do and how they've upped their game. Now we'll have to see. You're watching Danny Green on your screen. We'll have to see if his oh, shooting can improve uh, in the next round as well.
1: Rachel, so. Rachel, real yeah. quick. I I was saying Alex Caruso uh, was the heart and soul, not Kyle Kuzma, right? No, just I to know, get that... I know. Okay, I'm still okay, going I with LeBron just...
2: and AD is the heart and soul perk. You're not going to move me off that. <laughs> Coming up, guys, stick with us. We're going to talk about Oklahoma City going in their different direction. They've already said they're making a change at head coach. Now let's talk about the chances of Chris Paul being traded this offseason. Where would he fit best? Stick around. You're watching The Jump.
0: The Jump is brought to you by Corona Premier. Lower carbs, lower calories. 100% Corona.
2: Geico presents Monster Counseling.
0: Dracula, tell me how you're feeling. No one understands how lonely it is. No one will even let me into their house. I knock and I knock, but they ignore me. Uh Uh-huh. What else? I look in the mirror and (laughs) I don't
3: even see myself anymore. If you don't see yourself clearly, can you really expect
0: others to? I'm having a breakthrough.
2: It's not easy to be a vampire. But with Geico, it's super easy to switch and save hundreds on your car insurance.
0: Don't forget, you can vote by mail. For more information, visit Iamavoter.com.
1: Fun guy, what's up, baby? What it do, baby?
0: (laughs) (laughs) make, miss. It's a make or miss league, baby. That's it.
2: Thank you, Kawhi. Make fun! The Lakers put their finishing touches (laughs) on last night's win with a Rondo DeBron alley-oop off the backboard. Perk, is LeBron the best bad pass finisher in the NBA?
1: Yes, Rachel. When Rondo threw it off the glass, I was like, no way. Bron is about to finish this. But, Rondo, why are you hating? Bron kicked it ahead for you to get the layup so he could get his triple-double. You're a hater, bro. Dang. <laughs> Look these- oh I mean, there
2: are some bad passes
3: he's put in, Dak. That sounds like an unwritten rules thing from Perk there. Uh, LeBron's the best, like lots of things in the NBA. Bad pass finisher, fine. LeBron's like the best in a lot of things. Just add that to the list.
2: <laughs> Miss resistance. <laughs> Let's move on, Kazak. This might make your head explode. Look at this defensive breakdown by Houston. Can you please explain to us what happened here?
3: <laughs> no, no. I'm not going to explain to you what happened there. Oops. <laughs> If a tanking team did that in March or April, you'd be like, oh, they're tanking. But this, I have no explanation for.
2: <laughs> Poor Mike uh, D'Antoni.
1: I mean... the, man, the
2: man does not have a contract for next year, and his team <laughs> is doing this.
1: That's
2: all I'm saying. It's not good. It's not good. Make instincts. All right, let's move on. Russ misses the shot. And LeBron collects the rebound and in one motion, guys, watch this, fires it down to AD for the and one. Zach, when you look at how quickly the guys have clicked after, during the seeding games, they didn't quite look this smooth. Do you feel like they're kind of running at full percentages here?
3: Yeah, they're clicking better because AD's playing more center. But, like, LeBron and AD were a perfect match from the moment the Lakers paired them up. LeBron and a big guy who can roll to the rim, catch alley-oops, catch those West Unsell passes, this is perfect.
1: Rachel and Zach, y'all know LeBron and AD work on their football sets before pregame. We watched yes. them in the warm up line, so that yep. didn't surprise me, but that was, they always make that pass. Hell of a pass by LeBron and hell of a catch and finish by uh, AD, but we always know they're <laughs> going to their football package.
2: <laughs> Ms. Reps, here's Drake shooting around with Steph. So, Burke, <laughs> who is Drizzy's NBA player comp? Who would you say he's most like?
1: Drake, he seemed like his jump, his form looked good. But here's the thing, Rachel. Every rapper want to be a basketball player, and every basketball player want to be a rapper. That's just how it is. But if I had to pick a person the way that Drake is shooting, I would say he looked like Ben Simmons.
3: I get a little, I get a, I get a, like a,
1: a whiff of a
3: late career Darren Williams. That's what I feel, like a little stocky, a little well-built, tough, jump shooting. Late career Darren Williams.
2: I don't think that's a compliment, although Perk, I gotta ask you, you have a history with Drake. The 2018 Eastern Conference Finals, Uh I mean, we were all concerned Uh for Drake's safety in that moment. Can you please tell us what your relationship with him is now? Are things okay?
1: (laughs) Hey Rachel, everything is okay, everything is good. I don't have no problem with Drake. I actually listen to his music, I'm pretty sure he watched me on TV. So we all good. We don't have no bad blood. (laughs)
2: Sometimes, you know, (laughs) you just got to leave it on the court, and then you can walk away and and everything's fine. I want to shift gears, though, and talk about Chris Paul, guys. Billy Donovan, as we know, won't be returning to the Thunder next season. They have decided they're moving even further forward with this rebuild, and that leaves Chris Paul as a likely big trade target for teams. Now, OKC faces a number of decisions this offseason they're searching for a new head coach they could lose Danilo Gallinari in free agency they have a decision to make on whether to trade CP3 Steven Adams is also on that list of high salaries so Zach they would have been okay with trading him last summer but there just was not interest in him especially with that big salary do you think there is a fit out there for CP3 now that he has shown just how much he has left
3: how about How about the Houston Rockets? Just kidding, that's not happening again. Uh, But what a great year for Sam Presti. Chris Paul played awesome, and some teams are gonna be a little more desperate for a talent upgrade. The most fun answer that is kind of a sneaky fit, but I don't think is realistic is New Orleans. How fun would that be? Send him back to where he started. But I think the one that will start to get some traction perhaps is Milwaukee. Because of how they exited the playoffs, he fits a lot of what they need in terms of great point guard defense, late game shot creation, a certain kind of steadiness that their offense doesn't really have. So I, I would not be surprised if that became a more of a thing.
1: Well, we all knew that that Oklahoma City was going to go through a rebuilding stage at some point. And I think uh, Chris Paul has showed his work to the NBA. I have a few teams in mind. One would be Miami. I think he would fit well down there with Jimmy Butler. Another team would be Utah. If I could find a way to... Swap him out for Mike Conley in the three-team deal, I would do that. Another team that might surprise folks is if the Celtics don't make it out of this Game 7, I might consider bringing in CP for Kimball Walker. Whoa! Hmm. Wow, perk.
2: Hmm, hmm. I like the Milwaukee Hmm. fit, of course. I know we've been talking about that, frankly, since last summer. I, I think it to be an interesting question. Giannis Antetokounmpo has not accomplished as much as James Harden, but he could eventually be the best player Chris Paul has ever played with, maybe giving him the best chance of earning a title late in his career. So it's interesting on a lot of fronts. We will wait and see. All right, coming up, guys, on this show, who do you trust more with the game on the line, Jason Tatum or Kyle Lowry? That is a hard question and it is part of our Game 7 preview edition of Jump Ball. That's up next, so stick with us.
0: Does this place look haunted? No, I don't think so. What about those two creepy girls? Come stay with us.
3: That is truly frightening.
0: You know what's really scary? Missing on a Geico's great service. With Geico, you get 24-7 access to licensed agents.
3: Uh, thank you, creepy girls.
0: Want to see our room? Mm, we're going to sleep in the car now. Happy geico Switch today for 24-7 access to licensed agents. Don't forget, you can vote by mail. For more information, visit Iamavoter.com.
2: Tomorrow, 8 o'clock Eastern, NBA countdowns tipping off our coverage of Game 5, Rockets, Lakers, LA up three games to one. That's on ESPN, Deportes, and the ESPN app. All right, here's a preview of what's to come in tonight's playoffs. Game 7, people, Game 7.
0: Boston, and a chance to go up 3-0. Series on the line, Adonomi got it off, oh, It goes at the buzzer.
3: We just needed one stop to win the f-ing game, and we ended up losing.
0: You just essentially saved yourselves in this series. One game at a time. I'm checking off today, man.
1: Checking out, man. We're literally fighting for our lives right now.
0: High drama
3: here in game six in the bubble lowry falling away got it there will be a game seven fittingly in this series
2: welcome back to the jump i am so hyped for this game tonight i'm rachel nichols i'm still here with kendrick perkins zach lowe it is now time gentlemen to play a little jump ball celtics raptors game seven style first up kyle lowry and jason tatum they both had some great shots in game six kendrick In game seven tonight, comes down to the final shot. Who do you trust more to take it, Kyle Lowry or Jason Tatum?
1: Ooh, the Boston fans not going to like this, Rachel, but I'm going with the six-time All-Star NBA champion, uh, Olympic gold medalist, the greatest Raptor of all time, Kyle Lowry. He has been the best player in this series. He has not let let the Toronto Raptors down yet, He's been balling, so I gotta go with Kyle Lowry.
3: Look, I would happily trust both of them. I wanna make that clear. They should build a statue of Kyle Lowry, but I'm going with Jason Tatum only because he's taller. Last possession of the game, last minute of the game, they're gonna put the best wing defender that they can find on almost any of these players, and Jason Tatum can just get a shot off easier over that guy, so I'm gonna reluctantly pick Jason Tatum.
2: Well, I do want to point out that Kyle Lowry hit the game winner in the last game, that turnaround dagger over Kemba Walker. Sure did. You can hunt your defender a little bit. Um, I would would say that when the statue does go up of Kyle Lowry, and I agree that they will, I'm all in for the idea of having him taking a charge in the statue instead of shooting. (laughs) Because I think that is what exemplifies Kyle Lowry. And I I do want to just say, it is a great example of how whatever you are tagged with, whatever your skill set is when you first come into the league, and this applies to all the big wide world in life, does not have to be what follows you permanently. Kyle Lowry, the idea that Perky would sit here on national television and say, I want him to take the last shot in a Game 7 playoff game, Five years ago, people would have laughed you off of the screen. And Kyle has proven that things are different now. And I just think that that noticing that stuff is so important. All right, let's move on to the next one, Kendrick. If Game 7 tonight goes down, uh, we talked about the final shot, but I want to talk about the coaches. Brad Stevens, Nick Nurse, a couple of the best minds and coaches in the league. So, Zach, who are you giving the coaching edge to of these two men?
3: Well, look, these two guys are annual coach of the year candidates the last two years. You can't go wrong with either one. So I'll go like this. If Nick Nurse is really committed to being like a sixth Raptor on the court slash a decoy for Boston players to pass to, then you have to give the edge to Nick Nurse. He's more involved in the game. He's almost on the floor.
1: Well, look, I, I feel like this. Right now, it's a split. The first three games, I thought uh, Brad Stevens coached Nick Nurse. And these last three games, I thought Nick Nurse took it to a le- another level and said, Hold on, Brad, this is why I'm coach of the year. He boxed in one Kimber. He switched up the lineup and went small, putting OG at the five and went with a small lineup. And by the way, He made a phenomenal play that caused Jason Tatum to turn over the ball. So right now, I'm giving a slight (laughs) edge to Dick Nurse. (laughs) The
2: NBA said that was legal. I just want to point out, since our show yesterday, the two-minute report came out, the NBA said that he was not illegally perched when he was basically right on the corner there for Jason Tatum to catch out of the corner (laughs) of his eye. All right, next up, all-star forward Pascal Siakam has struggled most of this series. Kemba Walker has had a better series, but he was still two for 11 from the field in game six. So Kendrick, who is more likely to rebound after their subpar game six, Kemba or Spicy P?
1: Oh, Rachel, I've been arguing with everyone, especially on your show, about how (laughs) elite Spicy P has been, and he has let me down. He's due for a big game. The reason that I'm not rolling with Kemba is that I believe that Nick Nurse and the Raptors are, go- are going to continue to have that Boxing 1 defense on him, so it's going to be hard for him to get his offense off. Right now, they're playing Pascal 101, and it's time for him to step up. He really has been missing in action this entire postseason.
3: Perk nailed it talking about Kemba. The big challenge for Game 7 to me for Brad Stevens is can, can they get Kemba Walker going against the box in one or against that small ball lineup with Siakam at center where they're switching everything, so your pick and roll game is a little bit taken away? I'm still going to go with Kemba only because, look, Pascal Siakam's getting essentially the same shots every single game. They're really, really hard shots. I don't see any reason why his like shot diet would change. They're just hard shots to make. So I'll go Kemba because I think Boston is going to figure out a way to get him back involved, even if Toronto goes to the defenses that Nick Nurse has been using all year, frankly. It's, it's one of his best, best parts of his coaching.
2: Yeah, all right. Well, I, I got to say, it's so much fun watching these two guys just coach for coach, right? Because I think talent-wise, maybe you could say A to Z. Boston has deeper talent. We saw in that last game six. Toronto maybe outworking Boston in just those key little tiny moments where they refuse to die, and the coaching, I think, is even, even. It's what makes this Game 7 so incredible. So i got to move on and ask you guys, who you got, right? Mm -mm. Uh, Who you got, Zach? Moving on, who is going to face Miami in the conference finals?
3: I picked Celtics and seven at the beginning of the series, so I'll stick with Celtics and seven. There's really no reason to to think that they're any better than the Raptors or that they're going to win tonight. The only one would be they have a couple of blowout wins. Every Raptors win has been a nail-biter. But I'll just stick with my original pick, Celtics and seven, so Celtics.
1: Rachel, you know my heart bleeds green. You know Boston is my home away from home. But I got to go with old Canada. I got to go with Toronto. (laughs) I think that game that game one and game three changed the entire series. And when you look back at game six, Norman Powell had the game of, of the series for himself. He was MIA before that. And now he got confidence. And I'm looking at this Raptor team right now coming down, coming back from 2-0 to tying the series up. Now it's 3-3. They have nothing to lose. All the pressure is really to me on the Boston Celtics. So When you have a Raptor team that's got this much championship experience with nothing to lose, that are going to come out there and compete and play play carefree, well, not carefree, well, without pressure, because they've been in this situation before, i got to give a slight edge to the Raptors. Well,
2: Perk, I'm going to give you credit. When we talked about this possible second-round matchup before the playoffs even started, You went Raptors, even though it was hard for you. Before this series started, you went Raptors, even though it was hard for you. So I admire you not flip-flopping, and we'll see what actually
0: happens.
2: (laughs) All right, guys, stick with us for our last statement, because coming up, we're talking KD. He went on J.J. Reddick's podcast yesterday and talked about how Steve Nash will help him develop as a player. He also talked about why he picked Brooklyn over the New York Knicks. We will discuss all of that next. Stick around.
1: Protect the I, on a high I know that I said a high they say don't get your hopes high. But I got
2: high hopes, Geico presents Monster Counseling.
0: Dracula, tell me how you're feeling. No one understands how lonely it is. No one will even let me into their house. I knock and I knock, but they
3: ignore me. Uh-huh. What else? I look in the mirror and <laughs> I don't even see myself anymore. If you don't see yourself clearly, can you really
0: expect others to? I'm having a breakthrough.
2: It's not easy to be a vampire. But with GEICO, it's super easy to switch and save hundreds on your car insurance.
0: Don't forget, you can vote by mail. For more information, visit Iamavoter.com.
2: Sunday, the final day of the WNBA regular season, and we will have the two teams with the best record squaring off for what could be the top seed in the playoffs. The Aces taking on the Storm, 3 o'clock Eastern, New Pacific on ABC and the ESPN app. That's because the W does not divide by conferences in the playoffs. This could be awesome. Alright guys, across America, the traditional pastime of fishing going viral. You got all kinds of people who don't normally fish seeking that COVID-19 stress relief, including NBA players inside the bubble and me. I went fishing in the bubble. Learn more about how to get started fishing and boating. I know Perk is a huge fisherman. You can go to TakeMeFishing.org. Now let's talk a little bit, guys, about what's happening outside the bubble. Kevin Durant appearing on JJ Reddick's podcast, and he spoke about his new coach, Steve Nash. JJ asked KD what makes Nash potentially a great coach, despite never serving as a head coach in the NBA before. And here was KD's answer.
1: His insight for the game, his communication, um, how he communicates the game in basketball, you know, is definitely gonna help me as a player develop and it's gonna help the rest of our team. And our relationship, you know, started from him playing, me admiring him as a player. And and then playing against him and competing against him and, and finally getting the chance to work out with Steve, probably want to say seven to eight years ago, you know, understood what his mind, how his mind works for the game. And every time I'm in the gym with him, I always was like a sponge.
0: So I'm, I'm looking forward to this, man.
2: All right, so Perk, you know KD so well. You've seen him up close, played with him. What tools do you think Steve Nash could add to Kevin Durant's bag there?
1: Well, well, he's going to add, he can't add that much more, Rachel. I think he's going to be great for KD. They got a great relationship. People have to realize that Steve Nash was a four time 50, 40, 90 club member while he was playing. KD started working out with uh, Steve Nash in the offseason, and he became part of that club. Steve Nash taught KD in the offseason how to be a more efficient scorer. Why, that's why KD is one of the most efficient scores that the NBA has ever seen and also he taught KD how to be effective without the ball in his hands how to how to pick his spots and go to his go-to moves what to do in this area if a certain defender is guarding him so Stevie Nash is a true student of the game he's a, a true teacher of the game and I think it's a great fit for Kevin Durant and uh, the Brooklyn Nets
3: Yeah I mean look you can't you can't put a price on the relationship that Steve and Kevin already have. I mean, they've spent tons of time working on basketball. They've had conversations about life, about fulfillment, about what makes everybody tick, what makes them tick. You can't you, I mean, you can't underestimate how important that is to have a coach walking in the door with that level of trust from Kevin Durant. And uh, you know, other great players have talked about this before. Great players, they see things that even average players don't see. They read the game at a level that even average NBA players who are among the best athletes in the world, that they don't read it. And so to have a coach who is on that level with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, I think it's a big deal. And Steve will have Steve will have the emotional intelligence to sort of get that culture set. So I think it, I, it's going to be an interesting fit.
2: Yeah, no, I think it's a great fit for them. I also want to share Katie's explanation for picking the Nets over the Knicks This was to JJ on that same pod, quote, Brooklyn was everything I'm about, Kevin said. Chill, on the low, all black, we quiet, just focus on basketball. He said, there's no show when you come to our games. There's no Madison Square Mecca, all of that shh stuff That's what he said, sure, that's what he said. Zach, (laughs) is this real talk?
3: Well, look, I mean, part of Kevin Durant's goal should be to bring some of that show to Brooklyn. I mean, all you got to do is get on the subway or drive over a bridge and you can get the same show. If the Nets are really good, if the Nets are a 60-win team, some of that show is migrating to the Barclays Center. Some of the celebrities will be there. The buzz will be there. What I think, what I really take from it in part is it's New York City- But without the baggage, without the baggage of James Dolan and having to answer questions about that, without the baggage of will somebody save this team, this one-story team that's been in the gutter for the most part for 20 years, without all of that baggage, yes. But the show, some of the show, not all the show because MSG is MSG, but when the Nets get good with star players, some of that show is migrating to Brooklyn.
1: Oh, that's BS, Rachel and Zach. Listen, (laughs) KD... KD, you talking about your chill, laid back, under the radar. Not the same KD that speaks out and comments to all the media people when somebody talk about you. But at the end of the day, I thought that, I thought that KD going to New York would have been great for the game of basketball. Uh, going to the Knicks, I thought it would have been great not only for the organization, because they've been down in the dumpster for so long, but it would have been great for the basketball world in general. And when you look at Kevin Durant, arguably when he's healthy, he's arguably one of the greatest, if not the greatest player on the planet. So I thought him going to the Knicks would have just been, you know, brought that life back to Madison Square Garden, brought that, uh, that energy back, that feel back to New York. Because even with him being in Brooklyn, it still don't have that feel, that feel like, you know, when you go to the Madison Square Garden.
2: I mean, look, it's just two completely different challenges, right? With two different kinds of payoffs and rewards, not necessarily one better than the other. But when you talk about the Knicks, of course, you have all of that history. It's been so long since that level of history was in that building, you have a national fan base that is just enormous, and that if you could be the guy, and now it will be someone else, it won't be KD, but whoever it is, who's the guy who brings a title back to Madison Square Garden, you will be a hero on the level that it was hard to be in any other franchise. On the other hand, in Brooklyn, you have that chance to make that whole legacy, to start it from scratch. Obviously, the Nets have their history in New Jersey, but in Brooklyn, You can be the guy that sets that foundation and puts the bar at championship level in a way it's never been before. And I just think that Katie was more attracted to that and certainly more attracted to the place that his friend Kyrie Irving was going, which was a huge part of this, too. They've openly discussed that and they are going to try to make it work there now with Steve Nash. So interesting to hear Kevin's thoughts on all of it. All right. I, because I am sitting here in quarantine, guys in the bubble, have lost all sense of space and time. So we got yet another segment <laughs> on this show today. And as you're waiting in the commercial break, here's what the joke recommends. Zach has his column up nine things, nine, not 10. It's not nine ten. things he does and doesn't like. He writes the column. He gets to decide. He includes Kyle Lowry driving the ball and quote, when the Clippers get it, popping. So after the break, We will discuss the Clippers, and Zach will tell us his personal definition of
0: poppin'. Does this place look haunted? No, I don't think so. What about those two creepy girls? Come stay with us.
3: That is truly frightening.
0: You know what's really scary? Missing on a guy goes great service. With Geico, you get 24-7 access to
3: licensed agents. Uh, thank you, creepy girls.
0: Want to see our room? Mm, We're going to sleep in the car now. Happy geico Switch today for 24-7 access to licensed agents. Don't forget, you can vote by mail. For more information, visit Iamavoter.com. The Jump is brought to you by Pepsi Zero Sugar. All the cola flavor, none of the sugar. And Corona Premier. Lower carbs, lower calories, 100% Corona.
2: It's crunch time here on The Jump. All right, the Clippers' Lou Will has heard enough jokes, people, about that infamous Magic City trip to get some wings. You know, that one outside the bubble that cost him two games. That was all he was doing, was getting wings. Uh Uh-huh. Now he's going to profit off of it. Lou Will posted on IG he has filed a trademark for Lemon Pepper Lou. So, Zach, why isn't Lemon Pepper Lou scoring as much as we're used to lately? And will this new nickname help?
3: Well, I think the answer to your question is contained in the name Lemon Pepper Lou. I think self-quarantining or mandatory self-quarantining because of that visit uh, slowed his reintroduction to the Clippers a little bit, but Lou's going to be fine. Lou Williams knows how to score in his sleep with his eyes closed. He's going to be fine.
1: I mean, Lou, you're in the middle of fighting for a championship right now. What are we talking about? you talking about trademarking well, some wings I'm glad I don't like You know that. I'm glad I don't like lemon pepper anyway, Rachel. Give me honey barbecue. I'm cool. I don't want lemon pepper anyway. Wow. Whatever.
2: Hot take. That's the hottest take on this show today. All right,
1: guys. (laughs) The Clippers,
2: one game away from their first ever trip to the conference finals. I'm going to say it again. First ever as a franchise trip to the conference finals. They're eight and a half point favorites to close out the Nuggets tonight. Zach, do you expect them to take care of business in this game?
3: I do. The Nuggets are not going to roll over. The Nuggets are a resilient, tough team. They proved that coming back for 3-1 against Utah. I think the difference is Denver deep down believe we're at least as good as Utah, if not better. I'm not sure they can believe that about the Clippers, so I do expect the Clippers to come out, close them out tonight, one step closer to the battle for Los Angeles.
1: Rachel, this is what I love when Zach Lowe on when I disagree with him all the time because I think the Denver <laughs> Nuggets are going to win tonight I think Jamal Ooh. Murray is due. I think Jamal Murray is due for a big game. I think the uh, Joker is going to have a big game tonight. And I'm interested to see what Michael Porter Jr. is going to do after doing something that he shouldn't have done and calling out Mike Malone and, and jumping the jumping the gun and saying that he basically need more touches. So I think that the uh, Mike Malone is going to have them guys fired up. Look, they was down three one and came back on Utah and won the series. I'm not saying that they're going to win this series. I actually got the Clippers in six, but I do think the Denver Nuggets will pull this one off tonight.
2: Interesting. All right, well, we'll watch, see if that prediction is correct. I got just this in at the buzzer. oh We got to check you. We got to check you, Perk. Our Uh-oh. friend Hall of Famer Tracy McGrady is watching the show, and here is what he texted both me and producer Steve after watching that Raptors-Celtics segment. He said... Pascal missing in action the whole postseason.
3: But Perk stated
2: he's a top 10 player on the show that you guys did a couple weeks ago. He says, don't let him get away with that, LOL. So
1: Perk,
3: what do
2: you have to say
1: to T-Mac? Accountability T-Mac. I I don't have nothing to say to my good buddy T-Mac, my brother. He was right. I was completely wrong. I was fighting for Pascal. Pascal, you let me down, man. I was fighting for you. You forgot you got it out the mud. G-League to most improved to NBA All-Star starter. Now I gotta hear T Mac and Rachel come at me about it. Oh man. What if, <laughs> Zach pa- what if he goes Pascal out? Pascal and-
3: in his top ten? What if he goes, what if he goes out and puts 40 tonight? Is Perkin gonna text T-Mac saying I told you so? Like who knows what's gonna happen? It's game seven. Maybe he puts up 40 and hits a buzzer beater.
2: <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if that makes him a top 10 player yet i mean you got to do it a little bit more throughout the playoffs as the sole guy on his own team you know obviously got kyle lowry on so many good pieces there but trying to step into Kawhi leonard's shoes it's going to be interesting to see if he can continue to try to blossom into that tonight and if he does maybe through the next round we will see we know Mac watching though we love all of you watching we're out of time for the week we'll see you on monday Mom,
0: I think this doll I found in the attic is cursed. No, its eyes are just very lifelike. Then why does its head keep spinning? Be my friend forever. Oh, that is scary. You know what's really scary? Missing out on Geico's easy-to-use mobile app. You can manage your Geico policy whenever, wherever. Wherever. Let's play with another doll. Or we can just bury it deep in the ground. Happy geico ween. Download the industry-leading Geico app today.